Well, you chased, uh, there was a little break off, I think, with Phipps or someone else, and you went to the front, much like you did in the circuit race, and you, you brought some things back at one point that was very helpful. Actually, it was I remember what was going now, 10 to go or so, around that range, and I was moving up, trying to keep my position, and you went to the front, and you 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 went hard, and it was awesome, because for me, you, I don't think you knew this, but you, you lined it out, and when it's lined out, especially on that after corner two, where it gets kind of bunchy, it was much easier to hold my position and just take a wheel here and there, keep moving up. So thank you, as a good teammate always does. Yeah, so that was the goal, was to help you guys move up. Otherwise, I'm confused as to why you're up there. <laughs> it's very complicated. I can explain it later. Well, why not now? We're not going to talk about this race. Okay, after, Casey but... was off the front oh. before that. <laughs> I was him. moving my way up. He got pulled back, and by the time I was there, I was like, well, I already had a plan. And then I felt bad. It was like Chris Phipps, who's the nicest guy ever. Between Two Wheels podcast. I think we're up to 49, episode 49. Depends how we categorize those last little bit. But anyway, welcome everybody. I uh, hope everyone's doing fine from the uh, Chico stage race that we just uh, partook in. Kurt, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Good. I'm glad to be uh done with that weekend yeah yeah and our weekend is extended all week with a little bit of production hope everyone's enjoyed that chris how you doing uh i'm doing pretty good pretty yeah. good it's still a little tired but uh I'm, I'm recovering did you get a crunch all the numbers from the weekend you're stats man of course and uh my personal numbers i crunched i don't know about well, others. Give, us, give us those what uh what happened with the weekend with your personal numbers i rode farther than i have all year and I did it in less time than I should have, and I'm really tired. So, good crunching there. Good crunching. But no, it was um, uh, it was a lot of riding for me. I haven't put in a lot of time on the bike this this um, season so far. So, I think that was my biggest week of the year all year on the bike. Yeah, well, well done. And you know, everybody, uh, no rain, so really escaped that. And uh, I was appreciative. So last we did, we did a little recap of the Piscenta stage race. I mean, the, the Piscenta uh, road race itself. <laughs> and then we had the time trial the next day and the crit. So um, and he, first of all, Chris, you did a really good time in the time trial. Kurt, you put on clip-on bars and put out an effort. I yeah. I was in in between where I had a time trial bike and kind of put out an effort too. <laughs> and time winds are kind of like that. But uh, Chris, you had a you had a good time. Why don't you walk us through kind of your take on the time trial since you actually care about it? And um then we can go through some uh, results real quick of some people. Yeah, I um I did okay. Um I was nowhere near as well prepped as I should have been for that time trial. I forgot my disc. I forgot my time trial helmet. I forgot <laughs> my shoe covers, and I was borrowing a teammate's bike. So not a great um, prep effort on my part. But I've done the course before. I was familiar with it. It was really, really, really cold that morning. Um, I think we were going off, and it was in the, we'll say, high 30s for, for temperature. Yeah, it was so cold. It was kind of a challenge of trying to fight staying warm and, and trying to be as aero as possible with your clothing choice. So I wore a skin suit and tried to selectively put some uh, some warming equipment on underneath. So a little base layer, arm warmers, but I didn't go with knee warmers, didn't go with gloves. And temperature-wise, I was okay. Um, I was kind of disappointed with the time relative to the effort that I put in for power. Um, you know, I've talked to a few folks, and they're like, oh, you know, it's difficult to compare year to year. But, you know, if I look at the last time I was out here, I was one second slower on 
30 fewer watts. So it's, it is what it is at the end of the day, but, um, you know, it was, um, it was a tough time trial and I was just happy to get it over with, especially having done the 90 miles the day before. Yeah. And, and people were, you know, comparing you, I know you were talking about, there's a canal time trial that's 10 miles and you guys kind of do that and you're comparing things, but you go through this circuit race, you do some travel, you do the 90 miles and then you turn around and do a time trial. It's a little different than just setting up for a time trial. So, Oh, totally. And you're doing it, uh, early in the morning. So you're yeah. not that well rested. Uh, it, it, it's not an ideal uh, set of circumstances to do the time trial, but everybody's doing it under the same circumstances. So it's, I, it's a good one. I would like a breakdown from someone on, you know, cause you said it, I know some other people said it, that their time was similar or slower, but their Watts were more and kind of from a coach's perspective, what I haven't even thought about why that is the case. I just know that people have said that. So anyway, heavier. Heavy. <laughs> yeah, like watts if your weight's up, is, your watts are up, but maybe the overall speed is a little bit down. So we just heard, well, no, I know Nate was one of them, and he's definitely lost some weight. So, yeah. And you're you're going through colder air, which is going to be a little more dense, so that's not ideal. The wind was probably coming out of a different direction because it's not a full loop. So there's a lot of other external factors that come into play in addition to just you pedaling the bike. Well, yeah, and also Nate had a time trial bike before, too, and then you bought that from him. So that could that could play a role. Um, Chris, I was going to ask you, you wore the body paint suit. Were you surprised how revealing the body paint suit was when we the photographer? <laughs> well, in person, I didn't really notice it. But then uh, I was looking really? at like Alex Chu's photos and stuff. And I was like, whoa, like that. Not you, really, because no. I, I have another one. So this isn't my first one. Your wife's uh, got a camera, too. <laughs> yeah, I've got a lot of pictures of that. At okay. home. But no, it's um, it's it's very thin in certain locations. And whether that's just for weight or breathability or ventilation and cooling weight. i don't know right <laughs> look like, those grams matter it look like a costume let's let's go through this we could talk about some more but let's just go through some of these results here for the time trial let's just start out with kind of from the top and run our way down so uh how about the men's category three you want to do the top three on there do you have those yet or do you want me to do them for you give it a shot Go for it. Uh, we'll start with that one. Okay. So uh, Brian Kellison of Penn Velo Racing, some bicycles with a – I'm going to give some times on these so you, everyone can kind of compare. 21-28, um, second place, Elias Lawson of Flywheel, uh, 21-42. And then Mark Severy of Adventure's Edge, uh, 21-54. You know, we had uh, uh, Stefan. I don't know that he did so great, and maybe that was due to – we have a story out if you want to look at the one of the last – uh, podcast podcast we have and maybe you'll be able to tell why he didn't do such a good time trial but um anyways those are the top three uh in the time trial can you recognize anybody there i didn't i was uh, no I, I don't i don't recognize any of the names there right. and no offense to them but okay so the 35 one two three is a category we were actually in yeah that was a uh, that was a speedy category i mean obviously you've got dan bryant in the mix he's a former world time trial masters champion so he's he's got some good legs and coming into it we had um scott giles had like a one minute lead so we were thinking you know he can move as well on the time trial so maybe that was going to be a thing but he really extended himself you know for i want to say 30 some miles solo yeah he he put in a big effort the day before so i'm sure he was going to the time trial hurting but I think if we look at the the 35 plus, we can go top five. Yeah. Uh, so cool. in fifth place, you got Jonathan Robkin. He came in at 21:33. He's with Pete's. Fourth place, Jeremy Cottle. He's in at 21:31. He's with Touchstone uh, Masters. Third place is uh, Jason Grafath. 
and he came in with a 21-21, and he's he's riding really well on the TT bike right now. Frequent guest of the show as well. Multi-time appearance uh, for the show here. In second place, uh, Michael Claudio with a 20-59, just kind of sneaking under 21 minutes there with Thirsty Bear. And the winner for the the 35-plus is obviously Dan Bryant with Pete's 20-39, so he, he put 20 seconds into his nearest competitor and... Looking at uh, Scott Giles, who came in 12th place with a 22:11, he he put in you know a good minute 40 on on Scott. So a few notable mentions, and we can just do this up and down the board. It's ridiculous. Uh, you know, Chris Flower 22:47, John Novikov, your teammate 23:05, he passed me. Um, Jonathan Baker of Touchstone uh, at sixth place at 21:46. I mean, this is just, and then our our guy Travis Retzer 22:10. Um, so pretty good smattering, but you got Dan Bryant, you know, world time trial champion at a 20:39. And by the way, I had Grafath and uh, Novikov pass me right at the uh, right inside the 3K mark, and I swear I thought it was like a car was coming up on me because I'm just in my tuck going, and then it's those two <laughs> just flying. Yeah, we saw Grafath go across the line, and he he's got a really good TT position, and he's just moving, and it looks it looks effortless, but obviously... I wonder what it looked like with me, like the comparing it's like a jalopy next to like a lamborghini or something because it was it was disturbing even me i didn't like the shadow right <laughs> uh, okay so who else do we have uh the category two so keep in mind what we just said about dan bryant he had a 2039 so you have the category two go ahead sure so uh fifth place we had eric bryan with uh subaru santa monica racing uh fourth place andy keo with donkey label third place uh adriano castro with dolce vita uh, second place, Marcus Beltramo, with also with Dolce Vita, and then first place was Drew Kogan with a 20:58, which would have been good for 13th in the the Pro One uh, Pro One field. So, and outside of Dan Bryan in the 35, right? Yeah, yeah, he would have been at what second ahead of Claudio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well done there. Um, let's go. We're just gonna go down the list here, so we'll see kind of in the order we have here. So the the men's Pro One. Men's Pro One's incredibly fast. Um, I mean, we can do top 20 there and, and still have a, a strong set of guys, but we'll do top five. So in fifth, I think we've got uh, Joey Bacala with Pacific Premier Bank Cycling Team with the 2032. So that comes in under um, under Dan Bryant's time. Fourth place, Nigel Elsay with Rally Cycling with the 2008. Third place, Chris Reichert with Team Mike's Bikes, 2006. Second place, Sam Boardman with a 20.04. And then just absolutely crushing everybody was Corey Lockwood from Team Project Echelon with a 19.27. So he put, you know, 37 seconds on his nearest competitor. I I think there was a challenge with Evan Huffman's time. He came in 15th with a 21.02, but I I heard rumors that he may have missed his start time. By how much? I don't know. So it's difficult to really put his time into perspective. Reichert said he missed it by a minute. So if you just take a minute, he's right up there, uh, right at a minute, then he's at second place, which changes some things. Um, Sam Boardman, though, we talked to him before. He had really been working on his time trial, telling me he was just getting in that uncomfortable position and, you know, just working at it a lot. Chris Reichert obviously uh, did well there as well. It's good to see the uh, kind of the local North NorCal teams mixing it up with Rally and some of these others uh, really doing well. Uh, Corey Lockwood, though. We, we saw him kind of, I don't know if it was a start in the Cat 2s uh, in Cascade, and he came in there, crushed that time trial to the point where I think it would have been top five in the men's Pro 1 at the time, yeah. you know, comparable. And we're like, oh, we'll just kind of, he'll, he'll die in the rubber with things. He's, he's just a time, a time trial. He's just a time trialer. 
We'll deal with him later. And we didn't. No. He, uh, after seeing his result, I, I kind of checked him out on Strava, and he puts a lot of time in on his TT bike. I think we had talked to Michael Claudio uh, after the circuit race on Friday. He said he, he's, you know, on the TT bike for three 40-mile stints a week. And I think Corey's doing double or triple that. So he's he spent a lot of time on that TT bike, and it, it definitely shows. His position looked great if you look at some of the photos, and, and the time reflects that as well. And then talking to Justin Williams, you know, and watching the, the crit itself, he's like, you know, Corey was just, uh, Lockwood, I mean, was just going off the front. We saw that multiple times. Didn't really, I don't know if he had much of a team there, but maybe he's like, hey, I'm good at this thing. I'll just uh, get in my tuck position and <laughs> keep well, moving. I, I think the one thing you see, obviously, in stage race crits, especially on the last day, is breakaways aren't given a lot of leash. Um, so a guy like Corey, who... I don't know what his situation was with his teammates. He just wasn't going to let anything get up the road, even if it's not guys that directly affect his position. You don't want somebody up the road that somebody can bridge to and work with and, and, and potentially be in a dangerous position there. We saw that in our race, actually. Uh, Dan Bryant kind of going to the front a few times. And uh, actually, he, I heard his teammates sort of tell him, look, just settle down. Like, we got this for you. Um, but guys are a little more nervous than those. They don't want to let things get up the road. It's, it's not a standard crit. You know, it's a little faster. And, uh, well, but it's it's shorter too. I mean, it's not like you're doing, uh, you know, a two-hour crater or an hour, you know. So you can. And my point goes to what you're saying is uh, you can do those things. You can be a little more aggressive because it's short enough where you know you're not going to be blown out the back because yeah. of the duration. Um, oh, I mean, it's a 90-minute crit for the for those guys, which probably isn't a lot for Corey Lockwood, but but still, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. a decently length yeah. crit. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I, I guess I take back what I said. No, I don't. I don't. I mean, I'm, obviously that's nothing for him. He could probably chase things down all day long. But um, in any event, what I do notice is those those crits are just really fast, right? Yeah. Nothing. It's not a normal crit where there's a slowdown and a, guys get up the road and then guys figure out to organize. There's none of that happens. Like there's always someone on the front kind of drilling it. Kurt, we'll get to the crit. Let's finish off the time trial here. Pro uh, pro one two three women. Uh, who's got the top five there? Oh, I could probably... I, I've got it. Yeah, okay, go it. ahead. Go for it. Um, so, fifth place, we had uh, Summer Moak of Rally Cycling, 2236. Um, Beth Ann Orton, who we talked to from the Point S Racing Team, she was 2234. Rally Cycling, Sarah Bergen, uh, 2224. United Healthcare's Leah Thomas at 2219. And then Ali Dragu, uh, 20, 2020 PV Show Air at a 21. There's a lot of numbers here. Yeah. 21.51. So excellent time. We talked to her as well, and she was really happy. She said she put out some great numbers. So um, good for her. Shayna Palace, sixth place. We'll just give some random numbers here. Um, 22.40. That's so, not random. She was sixth place. <laughs> no, some random oh, okay. placings here. Gotcha. Uh, just some other people. So uh, good for her um, coming in there. And so, you know, those were those are some. You look at the women's time there, kind of interesting to compare of some of the other categories, and is a fast field for them. So well done. Uh, what else do you want to do there? You want to break down the cat four or five women? We'll do the top three there. I'll, I've got them here. You go to okay. the next one, by the way. Leslie Jensen of Jay Velo, third. Jennifer Wilson, Razzle Dazzle in second, and Ginger Boyd of Stinner. Bicycle Club in first with a 25-15. All right. Uh, sure. How about Masters 55 plus? Yeah. Do you see those? 
I, I do. So I'll give you the top three. So uh, third place was uh, Larry Nolan, who you actually talked to yeah. on Sunday and it made it to a podcast with Cal Nats Racing. He was uh, 22 19. Uh, second place was David Gordon with Olympia Orthopedics Associates at 22.07. And first place uh, was Joe Foster with Thirsty Bear Cycling at 21.13, which, I mean, that's that's smoking. That's like, a hell of a time, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's moving. incredible. And I think they did their TT after the crit, so that's with an extra 45 or 50 minutes of, of high-intensity work in his legs. So that's, yeah. that's well, impressive. personally, uh, that just means he was warmed up good, uh, okay. and it was warmer outside. So I don't, I don't give him the benefit clocking me out with a 21-13. Jesus. Uh, let's just rip off the last two categories we have here. The cap 4-5, anybody want that one? Yeah, so we, we can do the top three on this one. Third place, Kurt Brown with Dolce Vita. He's in at 22-03. Second place is Alec Hansen with CBRE Racing, 22-flat. And then uh, first place is Sean Davis with Mike's Bikes uh, development team coming in at 21 flat. So that's that's a really good time for for a Cat Four Five guy. That's 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 moving. Yeah, and then the uh, Masters 35 plus Cat Three Four, uh, Duncan Hassel Berkeley Bike Club at a 22.02, Mark Tucker Revs Road Racing uh, 21.29, and Arius Sophocles I don't know team affiliation at 21.05. Which is always interesting, right? We had this whole. That's another smoking time. Yes, <laughs> and that's what I was gonna say. This is this, some of this discussion, you know, about I'm not gonna go up there. I'm not gonna do these 45s or I race. You know, there's all these weird little things that. And then these guys come out and they smoke some times. You know, Lance Loveday. He's he's uh, in here at eighth place with so a 2337. That's not breaking the bank, but it's not no uh, nothing bad either. So um, anyway, congrats to everyone that went out and did show up. And then we head off to the the crit. Now, how was your crit, Chris and Kurt? I'll let Kurt uh, take this one. Mine is not that impressive. Yeah, I mean, I... I've, you got I, called out a lot, though. I so. sure did. I've talked about the crit a little bit already. Um, I was told to stop, but... Uh, no, it Wisely. Was, it was... It was, <laughs> it was fast. Like, you know, there's not... To me, it's not a real strategic crit. It's just guys are going to drill it the whole time, and that's kind of what happened. Uh, ours was pretty uneventful. You know, a guy or two would get up the road, and it would only get maybe four or five seconds and then they would get chased back that, that was kind of the way it went for me well you chased uh there was a little break off i think with or phipps or someone else and you went to the front much like you did in the circuit race and you you brought some things back at one point that was very helpful actually it was i remember what was going now 10 to go or so around that range and i was moving up trying to keep my position and you went to the front and you 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 went hard and it was awesome because for me you, i don't think you knew this but you you lined it out and when it's lined out especially on that after corner two where it gets kind of bunchy it was much easier to hold my position and just take a wheel here and there keep moving up so thank you as a good teammate always does yeah so that was the goal is to help you guys move up otherwise i'm confused why you're up there <laughs> it's very complicated i can explain it later well, why not now? We're not going to talk about this race. Okay, Casey was off the front oh. before that. <laughs> I was moving my way up. He got pulled back, and by the time I was there, I was like, well, I already had a plan. And then I felt bad. It was like Chris Phipps, who's the nicest yeah. guy ever. And so, whatever. Oh, sorry, Chris Phipps. <laughs> I'll just break down. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, my, my, my crit was not that exciting. Um, I figured Travis was in a decent GC position, so... I took it upon myself to kind of hang at the back in the event he had mechanical, <laughs> needed a push back into the field. If he got a flat, I was ready with a wheel. So I just uh, stuck last wheel for 
all but uh, maybe the last 10 seconds of the the race where I happened to come past somebody who had sat up. Other than that, I, I, I just sat last wheel. I was just hung out there. So two things, Chris. Um, one, there's a wheel pit for oh, flats. And but two, that was wheels in, wheels out, and he didn't have wheels. So I was, Do you guys I was have ready. the same pedals? Yes. Okay. All right. Lucky. <laughs> I don't we were covered. We were covered. Okay. Good enough. Always the teammate. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd hate to see him go into that crit and, and lose GC position. So I was just, uh, I fell on the sword and just kind of hung out in the back there. No, really, I just, um, I didn't really feel comfortable all week. And it's a technical crit, and I just kind of felt more comfortable hanging out at the back, getting a workout in, and, and kind of staying out of everybody's way. Yeah, I hear you. As far as the crit went for me, I, I feel like I shit the bed <clears throat> on the last bit there. Um, I was waiting for John to come up, and I had good position all the last 10 laps, thanks to you, Kurt. And I was waiting for him to, to get up to me and deciding whether I was going to be sprinting for myself or I was going to be sprinting for him. Uh, with a few laps to go, he gets up there, and then we jump from, like, I don't know, 20th to about third or fourth wheel and uh, two to go and hung on to the uh, touchstone team. So I was on – Sayers was pulling big, and we were, like, third wheel and coming around the second to last corner. That was my – I was going to jump. And I did so, and I looked back, and he, uh, John's not on my wheel. So I, the mistake I made was kind of not continuing, going right, right up to the front. And then, because I'm like, oh, if I'm going to sprint for myself, I'm going to have to, I don't want to take it from the front. But that's that's the mistake. I should have just gone through first wheel, and then had, I didn't have a great sprint anyway. I ended up sixth, um, yeah. you know, coming through fourth or so. Um, you had a pretty good, it looked like well, a good sprint I, to me. Well, I did, I don't know, drop the chain or skip something. I had to sit yeah. down and go at it again. Point is, though, Mark Ells came up next to me, and he kept going. He draws through the, the corner first place, and he has a decent sprint, and he ends up holding off. So good right. for him. We missed out on the podium for that. So Todd Mark Ells, first place. Jeremy Cottell, uh, touchstone in second. Um, touchstone really drove that the last few laps, and that was good for them. Phil Tessero, another, a third place, Cortex. Uh, Chris Baker, touchstone racing in fourth, and then Jonathan Baker, touchstone racing in fifth, and myself in sixth, and John Novikov in eighth. All right, let's uh, let's break down some of the women. we well, got to talk to some of the women's race racers beforehand, the Point S and the Meteor Intelligentsia team. The Meteor Intelligentsia team was interesting because they, they were worried about the sprint point, and their girl was in, uh, Jessica Mundy was in uh, first place for that, and it was a pretty – I think she had 10 points, and the second place was nine. And so do you remember hearing some of the well, the action during the race, uh, kind of the, the breakdown from the sprints? Yeah, so uh, Britley Bowman, uh, who was the team director, said at some point um, the person who was in second place uh, had gained their point, and it was a tied uh, uh, you know, tied in points for the, uh, the green jersey. And then I guess once it's tied in points, it goes backwards on – like stage wins, neither of the racers had stage wins, and then it goes backwards on like the number of uh, sprints actually won, and I think the two were tied. And then after that, I lost track of what <laughs> decided it. It was like rock paper scissors yeah, or something. I think it yeah. went to coin flip at that yeah, point. Yeah, um, yeah. I think the the other racer that was up there in the mix for the sprint jersey was Maggie Coles Leister from the tag cycling team, and. I think she was in the race solo and did a great job always being right up near the front, uh, really well positioned, uh, putting herself in a good position to be able to sprint for those those important points. Uh, I think when we had talked to, to Britley, she had just heard about the $1,000 preem that was on offer for the women's race, and she wasn't really sure how that would 
uh, come into play for them? Would the team value that more than the green jersey? And where does that come relative to the sprint preem? Because um, you know you, you don't want to blow everything and and go for one and not the other, and so on and so forth. I think it ended up getting taken by Laura Hansen, I believe, from Health United Healthcare got that. Okay. So it was an interesting race. It was cool to watch it play out. Um, it, it was kind of cool to kind of have some of those behind the scenes details about the the jersey race and who was in contention and be able to pay attention to that. Well, and then the result was uh, Jessica Mundy ends up fourth place on the day. Her teammate, uh, Harriet Owen, uh, third place. Uh, and I think the, the, the you saying it was Maggie Coles-Leister, that's yeah. who you think it was? Well, she was fifth, so I mean, it was close in there. Right. And uh, and then Loretta Hansen of United Healthcare in second. Uh, Catherine Main gets the win for rally. But it was uh, pretty cool to see Jessica hold on to that, especially after we were talking to her. Got the sprint jersey, a little bit of pressure. Uh, you know, you've been taking these intermediate sprints, and you kind of okay, are those just ones that they're you're getting, or you know, how's this going to play in the field sprint? And uh, she pulled it pulled it out, and her teammate. So yeah, yeah, and she's did we mention she's from Australia? Uh, no, but uh, every time I say Monday, I want to say Monday. Right, and and I was hoping uh, during the because you interviewed her, she was a part of that interview. Yeah. But you could have asked her about the Coriolis effect. <laughs> I got <laughs> Zimney. Damn it! Yeah, hey, damn it. She yeah, she might have had. I, she she would know. So do you remember when Bart Simpson called uh, Australia, and he asked the kid, "Can you check which way is your water draining?" kid was in Outback and it took him like, days to get to find out. Well, he had to go ask the neighbors what it was. Yeah, he checked his own house and he had to go. Yeah, go and then the he neighbor. got a collect call phone bill that was a lot of money. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, so who who ended up winning overall for the women? Uh, Allie cool Dragoo. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Then we talked to her as well. Twenty twenty show air. Um, good for them. Um, which one next? Min Pro One. Who's got that? Oh, how deep do you want to go? We can go five deep on Let's that. Let's go five deep on that. So um, top five would be fifth place, Alessandra Prani from Dolce Vita. Fourth place was Corey Williams with the Elevate KHS team. Third place was Quinton Kirby with Mark Pro. Second place is Scott Law. He's also with Elevate KHS. And the winner was Justin Williams with Williams Racing. So it was a, it was a pretty exciting race, uh, I think. it was. You guys said it was 90 minutes? thereabouts yeah I, it was okay. yeah so and, a lot of time for for the race to develop and a lot of time for different moves to, to take shape and i think it wasn't until maybe the last 25 minutes that the the real move of the day got away um, i think it started off with the dolce vita rider and i don't know who was up there with him uh, but quentin they, kirby was was it quentin kirby i don't know about to begin with okay. but in the in the overall scheme he was up there and then he ends up third in the sprint too the field yeah sprint. I, I think they ended up being as, as big as maybe a group of eight that that were up the road and i think they had 20 seconds at one point and everybody looked to khs to pull it back and they put in a big amount of effort in the last 10 15 minutes to pull that back and i think they caught them at turn four well uh justin williams actually said they caught them 50 meters after turn six. Oh wow okay so it was on the finish stretch right there on in the sprint yeah that interview actually gives a really good breakdown of how that all went and in fact scott law who ends up getting second he said was taking an inside line and then maybe got blocked a little by the breakaway that was obviously coming back into the field and uh, i think he says a little bit of balls and a little bit of luck and he just yeah. closed his eyes and went through the corner and it, it kept his momentum and that ended up making the difference in that sprint so it was impressive yeah and that's maybe that's why you see quentin kirby uh getting third place he had enough you know position coming around there and a little bit of a little bit of legs left 
in him to uh, to pull that out. So uh, I was looking at Quentin Kirby. That guy's been doing some amazing racing so far this year. I think he was down in like South America earlier, um, and he's had results all year long. And then to do what he did out of that break and still have a sprint, I mean that that's very impressive because those guys were coming up on them fast. And he won the road race. And he and he won the road race. And he doesn't look like a sprinter. Right. Yeah, like I expect him to win the road race just by the looks. But. So Mark Pro really comes out kind of on top of, I guess you'd say even on top of Mike's bikes uh, with first and second in the road race, uh, third here, uh, second overall, second on the time trial, um, pretty stellar. I mean, Chris Riker and his team though, you know, they they dug in for just one guy, and he 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 produced all weekend as well. So yeah, I mean, Riker ended up third overall. So yeah. that's. Yeah, it was a good, so, good weekend for both those teams. Lockhart winning, second Sam Boardman, third Chris Reichert. Pretty cool um, podium. And then there was a Velo kid. I should have looked to see who exactly it was because um, he was uh, the young jersey winner. And, and Jason uh, Justin Williams getting the uh, sprint jersey as well. Any other crits? That we, let's do the Cat 2s real quick and then the 3s. Yeah, so in the, in the Cat 2, we'll go top 5 again. Uh, John Franz took fifth place, Davis Bike Club guy. Uh, he's a regular on the River Ride and the Wednesday Night Ride out here in Folsom. Nice kid. Yes. Very, very good rider. Fourth place, Mark Morton with a main cycling team. He's had a good season. And he goes by Jeff. According, yeah, according oh, okay. to uh, their Don't team. you get that? Come on, Mark is just short well, for no, Jeff. No, no, no. Oh, Jeff is short for Mark. Sorry. I, I know. It is strange. But I remember that he kept calling him Jeff Morton. And, Understood. But he's registered as Mark. Sure. Okay. Uh, third place. Jacob Okamoto, and he's from Donkey Label Racing. Uh, second place, Luke Lamperti with Team Swift. And the winner was Justin Paulson from Cycle Sport. And there's a pretty cool video of the last corner of the, the Cat 2 race, and Justin made a great move about 20 meters before the corner to, to jump ahead of the group and, and hold off the sprint for the win. Yeah, wow. I saw that. And once again, I was like, oh, that's the move, yeah. Todd Marker, Merkel. Um, but you were doing it from corner number two to two, two corners away. Maybe so. Yeah, yeah maybe a, a, a corner early. Yeah, uh, I still would have. Uh, whatever. Just let's, let's uh, sure. Let's cry in your milk tomorrow. Um, how about the fifty fives? I want to. Who won this? The twos overall. Did you see that? I don't see it on the live links results. Yeah, that was. Um, give me one second here, and I'll. I'll While you're getting you. that, I'll do the masters. Drew Coggin with uh, Subaru oh, Santa Monica. So the guy who put in that the time monster trial. time trial. Yeah, yeah, as you see. I have some thoughts on that. Who, uh, has, who are the Cat 5s? I mean, sorry, the Masters 55s. I've got the 55s. Uh, I'll double check and make sure this is it. Yep. So 55, Jeffrey Cato got fifth place with Clean Power. Uh, fourth place was Larry Nolan with Cal Nats. Third place was Eric Salander with Penn Velo Racing. Second place was Lance Hogg with Thirsty Bear. And then first place went to Jim Sullivan who's with uh, Clean Power, uh, presented by Tesla. So I think we didn't actually see this race because we were either prepping for, completing, or cooling down from our time trials. But it, looking at the times, um, the top three have about a 20-second gap. So there must have been a, a move that was initiated and held through the rest of the race. Uh, be... But Foster won overall. He so did, didn't, yeah, didn't, yeah, yeah. He didn't make or break that. Right. So it looks like, you know, with those three getting away, then Larry Nolan won the, the field sprint, which isn't too surprising. I wonder if Jessica Mundy calls Joe Foster Joe Beer. <laughs> Sorry. Deep thoughts. I wouldn't say deep. <laughs> yeah, for today it is. Who's got Cat 3? How'd uh, that shake out? Go ahead. 
I don't have it up, so. Oh, fine. I'll have to look it up here. You know, while we're looking at that, you guys think about your closing thoughts of the weekend. That was my closing uh, thoughts. Well, okay. Uh, top five, we've got Kenneth Tsuda, TV143. Uh, Madden Titus uh, in fourth place for Sunfire Racing. Javier Acosta with Jackaroo. Kelsey Ramsey, Team Oregon PB Rota Paint in second. And Michael, um, we'll just say Michael at Endo Concept. That's a couple of really tough ones you've gotten. I, I like to buy a Val, young man. <laughs> How about you, Nick? He has, sixth two place. Z. He, you, three you, Z. he has three Zs in his name. I don't know that I've seen that before. Three Zs. If you're not going to read off first. <laughs> sixth place read with Jonathan. Uh, what's wrong with it? No Zs, but uh, that's not a real name. Uh, this is coming from Tyler Yonke, spelled J-A-N-K-E. Uh, and then our buddy, uh, where's Stefan? Stefan was 14. So, you know, that late night right, started to work its its magic. I would say he looked a little sluggish in the sprint, but I, I think he he was at his usual 75 RPM there for yeah. his, his spin up. He looked like he was he was uh, spinning just fine afterwards uh, with a beer in his hand. He looked pretty good. Found his comfort. Yeah. Any any remaining thoughts on the weekend? Uh, kind of you know your your takeaway. Uh, takeaway is race is bigger than ever. We ended up uh, dodging a big bullet with the weather. Ended yeah. up being just a little bit cold, which is the perfect scenario right like there was no rain and it was just it was great nobody i don't think there was any major accidents everything just went off it seemed like without a hitch and it was it was perfect it was a lot of fun chris so my thought is it was a great race great turnout uh great action all around so i i guess the question i've got for you guys and and anybody else out there is does this race weigh the time trial too heavily in the overall outcome? So every single rider that won their time trial won the stage race for their field. Yes, but I don't know that you blame the time trial for that. Maybe you'd blame the course, uh, the other stages for not being definitive enough. Okay. Kurt, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a good question. But that road race, that road race can make a difference, right? Um I mean, the time trial obviously comes at the end, so that, that played a role. Chris, obviously, you've done a deeper analysis of this than any of us have done, right? Like we I just spent read... 15 seconds on it <laughs> in the background here. Good job. Well, we don't have GC results as far as I'm concerned, so I didn't know I, I didn't know who won each each one. But that's 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 a good point. But that that road race is a heck of a road race. It is. It really is. I, it... Maybe the bad weather beforehand made that road not as um, bad, right? I mean, they was able to come through with bigger groups and not have guys disseminate, you know decimate it i will say you know chris had mentioned and i kind of argued with him online about the two mile stretch leading into the gravel being a tougher or, or a section that we at least needed to look at a little it deeper. wasn't just online you were arguing yeah we argued a lot of places about this he was i think he was right so that segment with the weather and the way that gravel was ended up being a tougher segment and then certainly i gave it credit for so yeah it looked like the road had kind of elevated to a new stage of disrepair there were there were some <laughs> some magical potholes out there that I, I don't recall being as extensive or deep and water bottles flying everywhere trying to pick a line it, it was easy to find yourself going from fifth wheel to 50th wheel in in a matter of seconds so it's uh it played a part and um i, I think it's you know it's it's a challenge yeah. our second time through there was uh some bikes on the side bottles car on one side a young girl running across the road i think it was no you, oh you, you two weren't there yeah so someone was out there with <laughs> ouch oh uh hey go on anyway it was it was bad so yeah i don't um 
my takeaway is, yeah, the race came off. It seemed, like you said, it seems almost bigger and better than ever. Uh, I'd like to have some, see how the next year goes. A lot of fun. Uh, work on that time trial. Yay, yay. No, it was actually, it was fun doing what we do on the, this breakdown, simply for the fact that um, talking to some of the, the people before, after, uh, gives you a little bit different appreciation for kind of what they're going through, especially the, the two the two or three women's teams that we talked to before their crit and getting to see how that played out. So uh, it was pretty enjoyable. Yeah, what about it was it was cool to actually the, the women's teams were refreshing. You know, we de we deal with masters racing a lot, and you kind of get jaded with that whole scene. And the women's teams who are all just there uh, for the sport and and you know they're fighting for sponsors and. In this case, they were they had traveled uh, either from Oregon or the East Coast to, to show up at this race and race bikes. Uh, it was it was cool and it was it was fun to listen to them talk about bike racing the way the way I think we all want to look at it uh, all the time. So yeah, cool. I agree. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, one more thing. No, I was gonna say for for the overall stage winners, um, I I think one way to look at it is just go back and look at whoever won the time trial. That's who won the the GC, but. Uh, I could run through the, those really quickly here. For the for the men's pro, obviously Corey Lockwood won the GC there. Uh, men's thirty five plus three four, Eris Sophocles won the GC. Uh, the cat, one two three four fifty five plus, Joe Foster with Thirsty Bear. Uh, for the thirty five plus one two three, Dan Bryant, Pete's Coffee. For the men's four five, Sean Davis with Mike's Bikes Development. For the threes, Brian Kellison with Penn Velo. In the twos, Drew Coggin with Subaru Santa Monica. In the women's P123, Ali Dragu with 2020. And in the women's 345, Ginger Boyd with Stinner Bicycle Club. So kudos to all those GC winners on probably NorCal's most dominant race. Yeah, really. Uh, quickly, we'll, we'll cap off. There's a few things coming up. There's the Santa Cruz Classic. Great race uh, coming up this weekend in santa cruz and probably not going to make it myself but there's a good one and then uh, we've got copperopolis the next weekend and then uh coming up we also have um what the mid 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 uh, my, my calendar just went completely. april yeah mid-april we have auburn uh, winchester but we also have uh the sequoia classic down in visalia uh, our buddy sean bagley i think is, is one guy putting it on we'll try to get a hold of him still and pump that race up. So if you're in that area, go down to Visalia. If you're up here and you like climbing more or if you're down there, you whatever you like climbing more, come up here for that weekend. You guys have any other races on your on your calendar and your mind that you want to talk about real quick? Uh no. I don't I don't have any other races. Negative. I, yeah, sorry Tyler. I'm still trying to recover from the last one. There's a fog from Chico still. Total fog from Chico. So oh why don't you announce what we've done online, uh new ways to find us. Oh, Kurt. so yeah. We're, what, what have we done? What have we done online, Tyler? Not the not the, not the one on the dark web. Okay. Um, yeah, we don't announce that. Um, <laughs> you just find us. Yeah. So we're on Twitter. Google shit the bed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't just do that. We, that's <laughs> something we've done a long time ago. Um, yeah, we're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. Uh, you can find us. I think it's just B two the number two W. Uh, underscore podcast or if you search for between two wheels you can find us either way there um, and it's it's just another way to communicate it's a little bit different than Facebook we might do a little more with the Twitter than we do the others I would probably guess um, but 
yeah, just a couple more ways to get in touch with us. Yeah, so we, the point is, some of those have been under my name before, and we're, we're trying to branch out to have our just our, our team thing just a little bit better so I could start posting pictures of my kids again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was getting a little creepy. Well, I wouldn't say that. We, oh, fine, we'll post something on the between. Anyway, so look for us there, the Facebook page, uh, also YouTube. We'll keep some things going. Got a lot of fun things going uh, in the pipe for the rest of the year. Uh, give us a shout-out for whatever you like. Uh, maybe we'll have some sort of a quiz or a little, I don't know about a, some sort of thing to get. Uh, you guys want a free t-shirt? I've got a, I've got a shirt I give <laughs> do, you. Do we have a t-shirt? <laughs> well used. Yeah. No, actually it's in a bag. It's in oh. a bag. It says Boise. <laughs> let's go, let's talk about the Boise. Okay. Not anything else. Let's just get the F out of here and uh, enjoy the weekend. Anybody? That sounds like a great idea. Chris, thank you very much for showing up. Happy it's beer. a little chilly out. We moved our studios to the outside today. Copy Republic, kind of our, our place. Kurt, anything else? Thanks. No. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it was fun. All right. Thank you. See ya.